Ladies and gents, we have consecutive bicycle kicks and a shoe-in for the quadruple. It's the Football Ramble. It's Thursday the 25th of February. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Good to see you. Morning, everybody. How's it looking from your side of the mic, Luke? Yeah, it's looking okay, thanks. Thanks for having me back, everyone. I haven't been on for a little while. This is my first uh, stanza of the season, my first appearance of the season. But yeah, I'm pleased to be here, and I'm pleased to see both of your faces, albeit through a computer screen. I'm starting to get to the point now where I think that my brain's going to make it find it hard to understand that human beings are actually three-dimensional people. Yes. Uh, mm. Because at the moment, all I do is look at a computer screen. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I attacked a man in a coffee shop. I thought I was being attacked. Mm. Oh, yeah. Understandable reaction. 3D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so socially awkward these days. I literally can't talk to anybody in human life. I bumped into some people I knew in Richmond Park the other morning and I just walked in the other direction because I was too, <laughs> <laughs> too scared to say hi. Kate, to give the listeners an insight, where would you rate yourself on the social awkward scale generally out of one to ten? I think it's only fair that you guys rate me. What, okay, five? I, I think, five? I think you, yeah, I think I was going to say a five, actually. So fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> where would you where would you rate yourself? Pete, no, Pete, where would you rate yourself? That's actually probably more of a... Um, I'm, I'm a zero out of ten. Yeah, Pete I, rates I would, himself I zero would, out of ten for everything he has to rate himself on. I would rather, I would if I saw someone coming towards me, I would rather burrow and create a mine uh, where I live for the rest of my life than actually talk to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I can believe it. And you, Luke? Yeah. You must be mm. not like a seven. I'm, I'm the other way. I think I think I'm too enthusiastic and too overfamiliar where people get annoyed by it. So I mean, I think <laughs> I'm quite good, but I think other people think I'm bad. <laughs> so you're basically not socially awkward enough, is what I think I'm hearing. Yeah, here. probably. I could I could do a bit yeah. of a dose of realism. I could do with a month or two down Pete's mine. I think. <laughs> oh, guys! Well, it's it's a it's an open church here, or whatever. It's not the term. Yeah. It's a everyone's welcome from the socially the middle socially awkward to all the rest of you, um, yeah. and. The way I guess a lot of people deal with their social awkwardness, certainly guys of my acquaintance, is to talk about football. So it seems appropriate. <laughs> True. <laughs> Who could be less socially awkward than Pep Guardiola is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. 19 <laughs> wins now for City it is. Uh, Bernardo Silva scoring with his head and setting up Gabriel Jesus with it too. Well, Joao Cancelo pulled it all together as the latest iteration of Pep Guardiola's fullback evolutionary plan. I yeah. want, uh, guys, I want you to give me, both of you, I want you to give me masses of aggro on this. And I assume Luke will go first um, <laughs> because it's proof that I'm not really a fully evolved football fan, perhaps, recognising the purity of what Guardiola is trying to achieve at City. But this one left me a bit, a bit cold. Yeah, I'll, I'll go in for the big carpet bomb. Shall I and Pete can do the mop up? Please. <laughs> all right. All right. Um yeah, I, I can totally understand that. And I think I think it doesn't mean you have to be necessarily critical of Manchester City. I don't think Manchester City fans should take it personally or whatever, although, you know, football fans can do that sometimes. It's, <laughs> when? It's, 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 yeah, it's systematically... Like, it's, it's just a very, very systemic way of playing. But, and it is impressive if you take the time, I think, to, to maybe take a bit of a step back and just admire what they're doing. But then that doesn't really get people's juices flowing all the time, does it? But they've been fantastic. They've been amazing. I mean, I mean... Um, I was saying to you guys on the WhatsApp yesterday, Jao Cancelo's 
positioning and his and the way he plays, it's ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen mm. a player play like that before. And maybe I have, and I've just I've just forgotten. But he he seems to pop up all over the place. He can do a bit of everything. Um, and 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 the commentators were very gushing about it because they were saying that you know he's thinking about football in a completely different way. And I think the pundits on BT Sport were saying mm. the same thing. That being said, um, does that excuse the jacket? I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no. Yeah, speaking of someone who could have been done with being left a bit cold, Pep Guardiola, what are you thinking? Well, Pete, Pete, you're a Newcastle fan, right? So you're used to all this kind of drama, sometimes good, mostly bad. What do you think when you see a team that are so swept up like Man City? <laughs> well, swept up because uh, Pep Guardiola was dressed like a dustman. It was a dustman's call, wasn't it? It was, it was. Felton Pleather. Yeah, it was. That's, that, that's what that looks like. But, yeah, I, mean, can, I mean, you can't sort of blame Pep Guardiola for wanting to sort of tighten up the team because at the end of the day, um, the Premier League in particular, and to a lesser extent the Champions League, is ridiculous at the moment. People are shipping goals left, right and centre. And, and can you remember the last time Man City kind of shipped more than a couple of goals? Leicester at the start of the season, I think it was. And, the, and, and last season, obviously, they scored... A, they, they they let in a lot of goals um, in, in transition on counter-attacks. They sharpened up and, and, and they're not making the same stupid mistakes that other teams are in the league in the Champions League. Ruben Dias has been incredible. Pep yeah. Guardiola has said repeatedly that the best players that he have uh, that he has are um, players I can, he can count on every three days. I mean, he's probably having to go at Gundogan or I don't know, John Stone's there. But, but he, he, he relies on that player uh, so much and he's been ever-present. He's been fantastic. It's, it, it's, I, I wouldn't have a problem if I was a Man City fan uh, looking a bit dry and looking a bit boring but they're just tightening it's, up it's a and, nice and a lot of have, teams it? aren't it's a nice prompt it really to have is. I mean yeah we've won 19 <laughs> games in a row uh, but are we that bothered by the football well you know it's not, you're not going to get an awful lot of sympathy from the football community at large <laughs> yeah, the pundits, as you, I think, mentioned, Luke, were say, I think Rio Ferdinand said afterwards that the amazing thing about watching Pep and hearing him talk is that he sees everything like set plays, even when it's in the middle of flowing, yeah. when the game is flowing, he's sort of breaking it out and, and interpreting yeah. mm-hmm. it, uh, which I think is quite a nice way of expressing it. But I, I found it odd that, um, I'm sorry to go back to the jacket again, but I feel no, like... No, I think we need odd. to dig into the jacket, actually, <laughs> you're I'm right. I'm quite passionate about it, and Pete's calling it a dustman's jacket is absolutely spot on. Um, but Darren Fletcher was kind of obsessed with it. He kept saying, um, "The City fans will, will, you know, will be heading to the shops tomorrow to buy it." <laughs> and it's like, well, they're not going to be heading to the shops because the shops won't be open. <laughs> but secondly, really, I mean, is that how it works? I know, I know, ultimately, like brand ambassadors and and you know, influencers and stuff do things. But I don't think, you know, I just don't see that a big portion of Manchester City fans looking and going, "Our oh, manager's wearing that jacket. I better buy it." I mean, they're not they're not complete morons, and it's probably about three hundred <laughs> quid as well. Oh, I bet it oh, is. Oh, not more. I'm yeah. surprised you haven't turned up wearing it, either of you. Actually, I, that seems like quite a peep move. Well, I'm in my honest. spare room, aren't I? The commute was like five <laughs> steps. The point is to go. I'd actually have to make my commute longer to put a jacket on. So with the dustman jacket idea, so I, maybe I'm... Normally dust dust people wear, like, high vis, don't they? Dust people. Dust people. They're Mad Max. Great show. Great show, the dust people. It's brilliant. It's <laughs> like the shoe people. Do they not normally wear high vis? I can't. I yeah, can't over the top. It. Over the yeah. top, though. They do. But I mean, I mean, I think back. The I'm sort of thinking of Vic Rees and Bob Mortimer doing the bra men. Are you looking yeah. at my bra? Yeah. Mm. They had those kind of jackets, and and it was a very northeast dad with a moustache. Uh, and, and slick back hair on the way back. Oh God, it's me! <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I just looked at myself in my, in my screen. Oh God, I've become 
a Hartlepool dad. Yeah, it just reminds me of every dad from back in the day. So wait, wait, just for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, which is perhaps no one, but basically it had the it had Manchester City circular shape crest mm. on the back of it's it. Like it's being branded, like embossed, embossed, embossed yeah. exactly. So it's sort of yeah. shiny. So it's black. Yeah. Everything's black, but there's just mm. picked out in shininess the Manchester yeah. City crest. Yeah. I, does... I think I think when I was a kid, like a couple of my mates' dads were dustmen, it was the coolest job. Part, partly because they used to get they used to get a lot of free stuff, right? So it was, mm. it, the, being a dustman or working at the skips at the, at the tip used to get a lot of free stuff. But also, you got to hang off the back of the dustbin van. Oh, yeah, the coolest. That is the coolest. That, and there's a little platform it... for it. That'd be the job <laughs> I'd want. Do they That'd still the do that, though? Because to... I bet health and safety has gone mad about You probably that. can't do it now. You probably can't do it yeah. now. No. But I, the I, the I, only I, people who are allowed to hang off cars and vehicles are president's men. Yeah, and skateboarders in, uh, in the sca- 80s. Skitching. Uh, <laughs> skitching. I, I, um, I, can I just go back to Jao Cancelo very, very briefly? Because I thought you wanted I, to do more on the coat. I'm confused. <laughs> Got, as usual, I've piped up about the coat and now I've got nothing more to say. I just thought it was a shit coat. And, Can we and, discount and you, him falling asleep in his office and he's fallen asleep on the logo and it just happens to be imprinted on the back? On yeah. Yeah. My friend, my friend's got a terrible habit of, of getting drunk and falling asleep next to the radiator and burning himself. If, oh no! If Pep did, if, what the hell? If Pep did this, uh, if Pep did that, it would be the uh, the crest on his back. But but he's so organised, he would never do that. Like everything's so controlled. But to me, Jao Cancelo, just very briefly, he reminded me um, of The Witcher, Pete. Kate, right, Kate, do you okay. know who The Witcher is? I see why you're dressing Pete with that. <laughs> but he's just marauding around different territories, just sorting problems out. Doing or, side quests. And occasionally g- causing fatal blows to, 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 to enemies. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right, more European football for you as well last night. Spurs 4, Wolfsburger nil. I cannot believe, gentlemen, that we have a double bicycle kick situation. Yesterday, <laughs> Olivier. Today, Delhi. Who did it better, Petey? Um, I think Delhi earned the space a little more, and it was a lovely finish. And they just the keep. I just had no chance. But do, do you remember when, like, you used to see one bicycle kick every three seasons? Oh, no. <laughs> now it's every bloody week. Yeah. I'm bored of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's I the mean, hardest I mean, thing to do in football. I mean, I, I would, I would say that you could probably go along with that that Delhi's overhead kick was probably a little bit more aesthetically pleasing and obviously set okay. himself up so that's kind yeah. of always maybe a little bonus point but I mean can I just say and I don't say this very often because I know this is a football show and people want to be you know, at least ostensibly entertained I thought this was game was a load of old shit I, I, was, I was pissed off at this <laughs> and partly because it kicked off at fucking 4.30 or something right and secondly because I think Wolfsburger are the worst team I've ever seen at this level of European competition in terms of the knockout stage of you know the second tier um, European uh, European trophy. I just thought they were absolutely terrible. I, I watched mm. them both legs; they were so bad. Honestly, I cannot stress or, or kind of emphasise enough how much um, how much of a men against boys situation it was. I, honestly, I thought mm. it was awful. And it was a massive, massive waste of time and a terrible advert for, for this competition, in my opinion. Yeah, I think before any Spurs fans who maybe didn't watch the game get too carried away, a little glance at Wolfsburg at AC, you play in the Austrian Bundesliga in their stadium of 7,300 souls and currently sit fifth in the Austrian Bundesliga yeah. behind all the ones you might have heard of. 
Yeah, you're right, Luke. It wasn't the most <laughs> glorious victory. I looked at what, up at one point to see they brought on uh, Nemanja Rinic at centre-back, who's this like 36-year-old sort of football hobbyist who looks like everyone I seem to see on Hinge. He's sort of a bit, a bit, <laughs> <laughs> a bit large around the edges. And the highlight of his career seems to have come, you know, in one season several years ago and elect on loan. Um, right. So, yeah... I'm not trying to blame Wolfsberger for this, by the way, and I really enjoyed the fact that on the Sky Sports app, they're called um, RAC Pellets, Yeah, which is like, weird. I, I don't know why they're called Pellets, because I can't find them called Pellets anywhere else. I don't know what Pellets means in uh, in the local language, but I'd like to know. But uh, I'm not blaming them for it, because, of course, they're doing their best. They've qualified on merit and good for them. They, they, I'm not saying they don't deserve to be there, um, but the it, it was just like a walk in the meadow. It was... It was, it was you know, it was so straightforward. I mean, some of the stuff that Wolfsburger were doing, I don't know if it's because they're intimidated or overwhelmed by the occasion or whatever. There's a goal particularly, I think, maybe the Vinicius' first goal where Dele Alli picks him out with that crossfield ball. Defender just stands there. He's literally just standing there. Like, it's, 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 it's ornamental stuff. It was really, really poor, I thought. And I thought it was a terrible advert, particularly when teams are playing so many games. When And, and you yeah, can see point. the form Spurs are in domestically and the fact that they can bring a couple of players who aren't maybe necessarily playing very often. And they just look miles better than anything Wolfsburger have got. It just doesn't look, it doesn't sit that right with me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Uh, I, I thought bringing on Helder Postiga was a, a weird one uh, for Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but like, I, do, do you kind of forget like the the the, the, the like the 90s, uh, Luke and yes. Kate, when it comes to like? <laughs> do you remember <laughs> them? Um, like when we used to have like teams like um, Servette and Legia Warsaw yeah. and 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 Stau Bucharest and, and and they used to stink. Stau Bucharest won the that's European true. Cup, Peter. I, yeah, all right, that's a bad example, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I remember, those teams. Yeah. That they, I've been to see Rangers. I've been <laughs> there to we see go. There we go. Sheriff of Gothenburg. Moldova, even like well in the Europa League, play at Spurs. Yeah, that was only ten yeah. years Haifa. ago. <laughs> but it happens. But it happens in the. I, I, I know the way the format is. It happens in the Europa League group stage. I understand that. I've kind of made my peace with that. Right. But mm. I, I can't help but think that. If Wolfsburger are in the knockout phase of this competition, then the competition is, is poor. It's just poor. And, mm. and the group stage is fine because you've got to elevate teams and you've got to give them a chance to compete on the European level. I get that. They deserve to be in the group stage. I suppose then the problem is if you put them in the group stage and actually get out of it, then there's nothing you can do about it. But I'm not trying to be elitist about it. I just thought it was a poor example of a game. But it might be because it's 4.30 and I was still trying to get some work done and it annoyed me that it was on so early. Yeah, it's classic Luke Moore elitism. That's exactly what I saw. Just classic Luke Moore moaning, I think. What does this mean to me and my day? (laughs) Why am I enjoying this? Why is this specifically set up for me to be enjoying it? So what is the level that's useful then? Was that useful, did you think, guys? Because I obviously enjoyed those watching the four goals. But I could have probably just watched those in two minutes at the end, and I would have felt felt quite good about that. And pleased that that the guys had a chance to finish. Um, And obviously always nice to see... Bale put something away that looks like that that so slightly reminds you and That's shows bonus, that he has right? improved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought he showed a lot in the in the most recent league game against West Ham, and I thought that he um, he he is a great golf by him, and you know he's great for his confidence. And I think he is starting to improve. There's some definite, as, as I think it was Jim who was saying earlier in the week, there's some definite green shoots with Bale for sure, and that should be a reason to be excited. Um, but mm. you know, Gareth Bale could score a goal against Wolfsburger. Yeah. You know, Back heel with his wrong foot, with his eyes closed, and he's that, he's that much better than them. So it, it's good for his confidence, but I don't think it means an awful lot. But he is certainly improving. 
So what's the level of usefulness then, Pete, is what I'm trying to ask here. Like, you know, you play against a bunch of under 80. Like, where does it stop? Luke thinks this isn't useful because Wolfsburg aren't good enough. No, because I personally right. enjoy it. That's why I don't think it's useful. Yeah. <laughs> if you tune in at half time, you should be allowed to bring on another player so to have 12 players. <laughs> in, a, in a dustman's jacket. Yeah, it doesn't that's, a, that's actually a really good call. So you wouldn't just stop it. That, do you not think? I sometimes think in football, there's like a, a, a level that, you know, like 3 0, half time, this should end, for example. Yeah, yeah right. You get to, yeah, that's it. It, gets, it, gets, it just gets terminated. So it's Everyone incentives. Done your best. Like that West Ham match. See yeah. you later. Oh, yes. So there's incentives <laughs> to like get to a certain level of goals scored. If you're winning, right, you know, okay. you've got to push on and you're like, maybe we can make it to three or four by half time, then the mm. game gets finished early. I for I for one <laughs> can't wait for Deli A to be an unused sub in Spurs next league game. Oh stop it. <laughs> that's what's gonna uh, happen. Oh, uh, that's so boring. That do you think do you really think that? Jose Mourinho is like a twinkly uncle afterwards. Did you see in his post match the way he talked about Dane Scarlett? Blimey. He is a diamond. Oh, yeah. It was like uh, kind of lovely, but of course. It's a massive still. night for those kids. Look, look, it's great for them. That's of another course. thing, yeah. And it's great for Mourinho to to be able to, to say that. But I mean, the thing is, haven't they lost five in their last six in the league or something yeah. like that? Yes, yes. So of course, yeah. he's going to be I mean, pleased uh, they've done it. They've got a result. I mean, but do you know, do, do you know, I think that what the, the 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 result at the weekend was a bit of an anomaly because they played quite well, they had a lot of chances, and they were quite unlucky. So you, you almost think that this could be quite an, a useful match coming at a, a pretty decent time. To turn that kind of domination into into a winner. Well, I think I think that they well against West Ham, you mean? Mm. I think the second half they were much improved, but I, I did I wouldn't I I disagree with you slightly. I wouldn't go as far as say they played well. I think they showed a bit in the second half, and they and West Ham were hanging on a bit, weren't they? Um, mm. But the problem is, you start so but poorly, you start so they start so badly in the start of both halves in that game that it kills yeah. them basically. I don't yeah. really understand that. I can't I can't understand that at all. Like it just it's seems always, like such a basic thing to try and control. It's always um, it's always fr- frustrating and and confusing when teams look so um, look so unprepared for the game when it starts yeah. because mm. everything's building up to that. So the way they work obviously through the week is like they're training and everything's lined up. They know what they're going to be doing. They warm up. They get into the zone. They visualise. They do all these things now. Mm. And you think that if anything, fair enough, if the other team's just better than you. But you'd think you'd start okay. And it's, it's kind but, of but weird is, when you see that happening. Mm. It, is that not Jose Mourinho all over, though? He is a defensive coach. And it is, it's easier to coach defensively, presumably, because a lot of the time it is reactionary. You, you're inviting pressure and, and, and waiting for something to happen. And you can invariably solve a lot of the issues when it comes to uh, being a defensive team by just putting in more bodies. Yeah. If, you, if you play a more expansive game, you've got two problems to solve. So it, like Jose Mourinho is just one of those managers who... That's what you're going to get from them well, to a certain extent, well, tactical, and, and, and the ta- players aren't happy. Turns out, no, yeah. Well, ta- I think people who know lots about tactics have suggested that the game's perhaps just moved on a bit, and he's just doing mm. what he's always not what he's always done, but he's the game's kind of mo- overtaken him a bit. And yeah. there was something in the We've athletic. We've been into wasn't this there? a lot before, haven't we? About yeah, but there was something yeah, in the athletic which I thought was interesting, where they said that you know all they're doing is just fucking defending and booting the ball. Well, actually, what that article didn't say is that that is exactly what they were doing when they got knocked out by Leipzig in the Champions League. A while oh, back, would it have been last season? Yes, and, it, it, and that was even more ridiculous because they only had Lucas Moura up front at the time because of injury. So, like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been happening for a while, Kate. You're right. Yeah, and 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 like just defending and then booting the ball up to like Kane and Son. I mean, that don't have a go at that plan for my club. That's like string theory. That's Steve <laughs> Bruce trying to 
trying to program the deep blue chess computer. It's going, <laughs> yeah. oh, what is this? You can't sorcery? even see that from where you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could do an exchange if you want, little manager swap, PT. See how that turns out. See how, yes, the, see how the Spurs faithful yes, enjoy please. that. Uh, last night, also in Europe, Real Madrid beat the 10 men of Atalanta 1 0. And if you want to hear about that and much, much more, head over to On the Continent on Football Ramble Presents. It's out this afternoon. Promises to be a cracker. It's Dot and Andy. And Lars Sivertson, no word yet on whether his dog will be joining them. All right, you've got a chance to download it now because it's time for a break. Gleeson has the ball and dims it in towards the penalty area. Brennan Camp does a very good job there of holding Mycock. Maycock, rather. Right, yes. Welcome back to <laughs> the football round. <laughs> uh, it's me, Luke and Pete with you today. And now it's a chance to hear these. Just in a show at footballramble.com Right now, so Yes, indeed. And thank you very much to Lawrence Evans for getting in touch, who um, has emailed in with the following. He says, your discussion of the slew of football documentaries coming out um, reminded me of the periodical diary-style videos Chelsea released a few times during the inaugural Premier League season. Um, Quite shoddily put together, um, as all (laughs) 90s kind of things like this were, Pete, I'm sure you can come in on this, Um, one included apparently by mistake... (laughs) A stark, bollock-naked Mal Donaghy walking by the camera in the dressing room. (laughs) Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Asif Kapadia, says Lawrence. And Mal Donaghy, I mean, a bit before my time, but amazing. uh, Maybe almost 100 caps for Northern Ireland, left back. Um, They're calling the Belfast bollock. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that reminds me, it reminds me of the, um, they don't do it anymore, but in the NFL, they used to pile straight into the dressing rooms after the game. And you'd regularly mm. see like naked men just wandering around the background to the point. I think they just had to stop it. Um, <laughs> but but Pete, in the nineties, these kind of if you watch like um, I don't know um, like pre- Premier League highlights of say nineteen ninety three ninety four that they sometimes run on Sky Sports again, right? Mm. The the actual voiceovers that they do now because it's a modern thing are quite slick and quite well done. But the footage <laughs> is so bad. Like we've moved on so much since then. We've moved on so much. I, I, I think. Um... Is it Julia? Is it Julia? Not Hardy. Um, there was a presenter who used to be on Netbusters who um, used to... And I, and I found a lot of VHSs last year of Netbusters and, and, and banged bang them on the internet. And, and it, the, some of the... It was like a kind of like a precursor to something like Soccer AM. Uh, and she'd just be on like... Uh, she'd just be on like the streets of Soho going into like sports shops and like asking them what new boots they've got. <laughs> it was so... And like <clears throat> Richard Keyes interviewing Les Ferdinand over a over a glass of sparkling water in a, in a, in a swanky hotel bar. It was so... Low rent. Glamorous. The, the I was lighting say, was glamorous. terrible. Low rent. Me and oh, Kate mate, loving would, it. Les Ferdinand is bringing all the glamour. Richard <laughs> Keyes is bringing all the hair. But it, it genuinely looked like they were about to start fucking. It's, it's, Les, it's, Les, <laughs> it's Les Ferdinand. That clip got a roll neck on it, so I remember it. Yeah, 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 I remember stunning, it. Yeah. Stunning work. Yeah. Uh, we've also been asking for your suggestions of dream footballing documentaries on Twitter as well. Ollie Britton has got in touch. One on the Ivory Coast Golden Generation finally winning. AFCON will be a class Aww. watch. Completely agree, yeah, Ollie. Yeah, definitely watch that. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, Mike L, behind the music, Lee Sharp's barbecue mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Marcus? I think it was it Marcus who actually 
did a <laughs> job with Lee Sharp and didn't ask him about the barbecue and he said it's one of the biggest oh, regrets of his professional what life. what a loser. He forgot apparently. What? Is Lee Sharp not on Twitter? Could we just not ask him? I don't him? think he is. The thing about Twitter, later. as yeah. Luke will be able to tell you, Pete, is that it's quite easy to ignore people on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben Stanley's got in touch the Ravenelli Janino Emerson years at Middlesbrough. Ravenelli playing darts in the pubs of Hutton Rugby. Uh, Janino having a kick around with uh, kids in the cul de sacs of Ingleby Barwick. Emerson doing um... <laughs> can I just say I enjoyed that tweet just to hear the words Ingleby Barwick yes um, yeah. and when I worked at a sports shop when I was a kid as a, Saturday, right winger. a Saturday boy the, uh, the one part of the business had um, the contract to provide professional footballers football boots to, to the right. Premier League and sometimes they would come through the depot and you'd have to package them up and I, I, I might, I, I'm fairly certain I remember Middlesbrough's coming through at that time and mm. uh, or someone told me or something that Janino's football boots were the smallest football boots you'd ever seen in a professional <laughs> size three, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Apparently. Oh, Halcyon days for I mean, the, back at the BT was it was the BT Cellnet or just the Cellnet back when uh, the Riverside was built and it was the Cellnet mm. for a couple of years. Halcyon days for Middlesbrough fans, brilliant, absolutely. All no, right, that's it. it then. Do you love the email section? Do you hate the email section? Write in. Show at footballramble.com. We love to hear from you. Now, guys, we want to talk about Qatar. Um, The trigger for this is a Guardian article covering the construction across the country ahead of Qatar 2022. It reports that more than 6,500 migrant workers from places like India and Nepal have died in Qatar since it won the right to host the World Cup a decade ago. And if you guys don't mind, I might just... I've got a few thoughts about this Um, because as you guys know I think I made big progress in my career through being hired at uh, being sports out in Doha I worked there until a couple of years ago and I think part of the reason for going apart from to get plenty of TV hours under my under my belt in in that kind of setup was to understand more about this place that would be hosting what is now the next World Cup extraordinarily enough and I think you know, it's so important to approach places with curiosity. I don't buy into this idea that just because a place is new or it's coming to money, you know, it's trying to make a big statement for itself on the world stage that that's that's wrong in any way. I'm no snobby. It's a nouveau riche, uh, Luke, as you'll know. Um, the UK, of course, of <laughs> the UK, of course, you know, went through a lot of this industrialization, if you want to call it that, centuries ago, and there's a process of that going on in the Gulf, and and I think, but but. Obviously, when I first arrived there, you know, I was put up in a hotel opposite one of the main building sites. And there's a lot of misinformation around the climate, such as the assumption that there aren't seasons. There are. They're the same as ours. They're just hotter. Um, it was 40 degrees that night. And this the site worked through to try and be colder. Um, but from what I saw throughout their time, my time there, there are supposed to be stipulated times of the day when people aren't supposed to work during the summers, which get up to like 50, 55, 60 degrees. Huh. And it didn't seem as though that was ever really enforced. In the, in the Guardian article, there was a photo of a site really near where I used to live um, that mentions this plan of working overnight to benefit from cooler temperatures. But the middle of the summer, the temperatures just don't drop. It could be 50 degrees in the middle of the night. It's suffocating. And, and it's not like there's some sort of really well-developed health and safety protocols. And, you know, I'm just a, a weak Western European, but I, I just don't we're talking about these workers working on building sites throughout the summer which is what I would see day to day I just don't see how that extreme physical exertion is possible in those temperatures without some sort of dangerous outcomes and I just Mm. well is it is it 
It isn't. It's and that's why that's why we're seeing the statistics we're seeing, which is you know awful and absolutely healthy shocking. people and in their twenties, healthy men in their twenties dying of mm. heart attacks. You know, drinking yeah. warm water in temperatures of forty five degrees Celsius. It's it's not fucking rocket science to work out why these people are dying. And also, training. You know, people people are like coming in from India and, and, and Nepal and stuff, and they're going, "We need a Sparky. Uh, you'll do. You've never done any electrical work in your life. Here's your gloves. Fucking knock yourself out." It's it, they're effectively rebuilding Qatar at like this ridiculous rate, sewage hotels, all under this kind of feudal system. It's 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 it, it's 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 astonishing that the, the, the figures aren't higher, quite frankly, yeah. in my opinion. I think if you were to link it back to the to the World Cup preparation specifically, because I don't know anything really, I don't know anything about um, how it, how it, how Qatar works generally. But if you link it back to, I'm sure absolutely what you guys are saying is absolutely correct. But if you link it back to the World Cup more specifically, the frustration is that FIFA clearly have the power to stop this happening; they just don't want to. So the point being that they've got so much money and so much power that you know, if you look at the, the surplus, they, as they call it, they made out of, for example, the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, it's absolutely astonishing the amount of money they made because they're tax exempt because they take all the revenue in and it's in the billions, right? So mm. they can, they can if they're going to hand over a World Cup to a country like Qatar, and okay, I think you, you said particularly at the start there, is, is absolutely spot on. Of course we want to see the World Cup go to new nations. We don't want to be a closed shop or be elitist. We want, that's why it was great that it, it went to South Africa, for example. That, and that, to know. the US back in 94, yeah, quite. even. And, and, and so yeah. there is reasons to do that, but I just think FIFA can take more of an interest in this, right? They are essentially the contracting party here, Right. Aren't they? These these stadiums are being built because of this World Cup. The World Cup is run by FIFA. FIFA have given essentially a contract to Qatar and said, "Do now you need to put this together like you said you were going to put it, and we will take an interest in how you're doing this." Because it's absolutely astonishing that in the modern world, and I take your point about industrialization of the UK hundreds of years ago when it, in, in the Industrial Revolution, the consciousness of society has been raised since then. This is no longer acceptable, and it's difficult for people in our position. I don't know what you guys think. To know how to kind of deal with this, how what position to take. Obviously, we're against it, but there's a lot of call for things like boycotts and stuff, and it's it's really it's really difficult to see how you can how you can proceed in all good conscience to to let this happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, the 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 change in the um, it's the Kavala system, isn't it? The the, the whole. Um, you can't move. You can't leave the country without um, your, yeah, your, your and, employer says and so. To be clear, you that was move, the same for jobs. everyone. So you know, when I when right. I was there, my yeah, my pa- but, passport, I had to apply for an exit permit every time I wanted to go on holiday or leave the country. Yeah. Of course, for me, but, but, that wasn't a problem because I could always go and speak to my, you know, white middle class European guy who was my boss. But you can see how that would not be so easy if you were, say, a cleaner with no rights or something along those lines. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I guess. They've 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 chosen to end the kafala system not because of any pressure from FIFA or other governing bodies. They've they've chosen to to to, to I mean, say they're ending it. Whether they it gets enforced to, to that level, we don't know. Putting in a, a minimum wage in there, but by all accounts, that's not getting enforced either. Um, that that's been outside forces. That's been sponsorship. That's been people like us complaining about it. And and you, you talk about you know pe- we we talk about people dying. Like you forget like the the suicide rate is a huge amount mm. of that particular right. um, that particular pie. Workers arrive with massive debts due to shitty uh, unscrupulous recruitment agents. And when they get there, their wages are withheld from them, so they don't run away. The families back home are dependent on cash being sent home, so suicide is often a way out. People in debt killing themselves. And and and. 
and, and also it's not just about passports being taken away it's not just it, it's about um, the wages being withheld ID cards not getting presented so you're effectively an illegal immigrant so you don't have the protection of the law and all right. of this uh, and all of these changes that have been made have been because of sponsorship and because of football but not because of FIFA yeah. and that is where that needs to change in, in my opinion I agree it needs to go to different places uh, in the world but they've had 10 years to, uh, to, to to fix this and they've only chosen to make the changes after they've done 8 years of work so they've had 8 years of uh, of serv- servitude uh, of this feudal system and now they're, they're trying to sort of put a nice little put lipstick on it uh, 2 years before before the event I, you know I don't buy it personally because it's a hell of a um, to return to the industrialization word, you know, it's a hell of an activity and an exercise to build. In the end, it was seven stadiums because they had one already right. built that they just redid um, Khalifa. The sponsors in- is the key, though, Kate, right? As Pete said, I think, you know, you've got to put pressure on the sponsors. You know, we've seen that happen in the US. Different media companies now are under huge pressure because sponsors are now saying, well, we're not going to sponsor your network anymore. We're not going to put, mm. buy advertising on your network if you're going to support this particular style of behavior. And I think, and- as Pete, you've always said this in the past on the show as well. As soon as the money people get involved, um, things that's the only way things change. It's the only way. Mm. So hoping, fingers crossed, we can see some change and save some lives, although it's too late to save those that have sadly passed away now. Maybe we can save some lives in the future by putting a little bit of pressure on, or a lot of pressure on, what's happening. Yeah. Well, FIFA, what made me sort of, sort of giggle in, in a really dark uh, story, obviously, FIFA said that they're committed to worker safety. Um, Finn kindly wrote this quote down uh, on the running order. Uh, the frequency of casualties have been low when compared to other major construction projects around the world, but provided no evidence. Are they talking about the pyramids? What, what is the time yeah. frame for this? Yeah. What, what really but made Pete, me giggle? They, they that before, Jesus. do you not remember a number of years ago, there was a load of outcry about this. It became flavour of the month for a little while. So FIFA sent mm. Franz Beckenbauer out there, legend of the game, who just said, yes. well, I went to Qatar and I didn't see any evidence of this. And that was yeah, that. Pelle you know at the mean? airport. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. And, but yeah. th- for them, it is how it works because that's how they mm. do things. And you can yeah. have a, you can be very well looked after in Qatar, of course. As many. Exactly. Yeah, and, and, as many and, and we're not just ta- we'll be and, and fundamentally we're not out. we're not just talking about the stadiums getting built, are we? We're talking about the as I said, sewage, hotels. Oh, it's you know all the stuff that that goes along with 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 industrializing a, a, a patch of desert. You know. Yeah, you're building a nation, uh, yeah. which is an extraordinary thing to see. But it seems as though there are so many questions around how it's being done and of course as you guys point out you know sponsorship is key and many Bundesliga sides and fans of theirs have talked about this uh, quite recently and have caused uproar about their clubs being associated with this let's move on to the art of the deal with Mike Ashley guys do you want to talk about Pete do you want to just open the batting on this one Alan (laughs) Pardew <laughs> Make him cake. Make him do it. Alan Pardew, I'm sure no one can ever forget, was back in 2012 given an eight year contract along with the rest of his co- coaching staff. It was the Premier League's largest ever contract offer. And you thought, I'm sure, Pete, you thought these guys running this club must be a genius. They must have seen something here that requires eight years of service to be written into a contract. And anyway. The goalkeeping coach Andy Woodman has has recently come out with uh, with a bit of chat about how actually it came to pass. Apparently, it was Peter. It was in a bar. Mm. <laughs> can we, yeah, Katie, I, I, Kate, can was... we use the, can we use the language that the tabloids who reported this use? <laughs> Andy Woodman, quote unquote, lifted the lid. Pete, he lifted the lid, <laughs> lifted the lid on lid. Mike Ashley's pot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, apparently he was just having a drink with his wife and uh, like the day before the game uh, in, a, in a club, I want to say. He was having a few drinks and a dance on a Friday night, night before a match. Who, Pardew? Um, <laughs> no, Woodman, Fre- um, Fre- not it? Freddie Woodman, Andy Woodman. Yeah. Is Freddie Woodman related? He's a player. I think he might be related, I don't know. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and, and Mike Ashley apparently rocked up and uh, so everyone was on high alert that he was going to get in trouble for, 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 for boozing the night before the match and uh, yeah, he just came over and went... You're doing a fucking great job. I love you. I'm going to give you an eight-year contract tomorrow. <laughs> Apparently, but to be fair to him, he did. He did. He did follow through on it. Yes, he kind of and offered that... him offered the goalkeeping coach an eight-year contract. Apparently, Freddie Woodman's his son, Peter. There you go. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, fair, fair play, yeah. one then. Yeah, good keeper. It's, the, it's an amazing story, isn't it? Like, it, I think I like about it is it's quite. It's quite anachronistic. It's the kind of story you think you'd read in like a 70s footballer's yeah. autobiography, but it happened in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can't have been that oh, merry, no, can he, Mike, actually, if he remembered to do the job the following morning. So maybe, you might, maybe it was all part it, of the Kate. plan. I think he's just used to it, to be honest. <laughs> just how he but, does but, things, yeah. But that's apparently why. Um, but that's apparently why Pardew got his his eight years. Or was it ten years? I can't it's remember. Eight, it was eight, 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 yeah. eight yeah. Uh, He got it because he offered Freddie Woodman an eight year one. Ah. Um, sorry, Andy, Andy Woodman. Woodman. <laughs> and 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 I don't know. Well, Freddie Woodman's been around involved, for a while. Yeah. I don't know. You can't well, see the Woodman from the trees, one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they they they, they he they gave him an eight year, and then. Woodman said, I can't accept this because Pardew's on, you know, a two-year or three-year. And they went, I'll give you all eight-year contracts. <laughs> Steve Oprah. Stone. Everyone's You're like, getting a eight-year contract. You're getting a eight-year contract. You're getting a eight-year Everyone Lordy. is. That is a classic <laughs> Lord of the Manor style vibes, isn't it, from Ashley? Also, Woodman said that Ashley would apparently descend onto the... This is such an Ashley quote. You can so imagine it in your mind. He would regularly descend onto the training pitch in his helicopter and send all the balls that Woodman was using with training flying everywhere because of the jets of air from the helicopter. Unbelievable. I quite like that it's as like, a flex. It's a great flex. Oh, it, it's like um, it's Come like uh, it's, it's, uh, who was it? Now? Who, who goes Gordon's alive? Oh, uh, Brian Flash Blessed. Gordon. Brian Blessed on Flash Gordon yeah. coming down on one of those beasts. Okay, Pete, whenever, <laughs> I, whenever I do shows with Pete, he's amazing yeah. at being able to remember incredible trivia around the person he's trying to talk about, but he can never remember the name. So, <laughs> it's, it's astonishing. Who, who's the guy brain, with my... the beard, actor, in Flash Gordon, who said Gordon's like, Brian Blessed. Yeah, Brian Blessed. It's the most roundabout if I was way. A computer, I'd, if I was a computer, I'd be able to sort of um, technically kind of like identify what was going wrong there. Like the memory <laughs> banks it's, aren't it's, connected properly. It's two kinds of memory, actually, guys. Side point. Episodic and semantic. Yeah. And one of those is the one you've got. And it allows you to rem- right. remember lots of background details and the other one you can remember all the names and stuff much. which I think Luke has you can yeah remember. I can't remember anything yeah. apart from the names yeah. when we put us together you get, we might get one serviceable broadcaster <laughs> that's why you work so beautifully together how about this Aww. guys a new campaign by charity ref support urging players and fans to clap referees out onto the pitch when we can amateur football returns on March the 29th in order it says to stop hostility towards officials okay we want to stop hostility to offic- towards officials. I'm down with that. I'm not sure about clapping. I feel as though England yeah. is clapping a lot of stuff and it's not necessarily yeah. the... Clapped out. Yeah. The lesson the lesson that the UK appears to have learned from a worldwide pandemic is that if you just clap, it might solve all the problems. It won't. Well, it might, <laughs> That's Luke. not how it works. Well, not with an so, attitude like that. Yeah, just because, you know, all the people in my road banged their pots and pans for the NHS, that didn't help the NHS. I suppose morally... Like, We've got a vaccine, gave, haven't we? 
Yeah, that's where it came from. <laughs> Spanging sorcerers together. Like what what the AHS needs, of course it causes support from us generally, but it also needs funding, doesn't it? And it's the same mm. with referees. Yes, we criticise referees on this show when they make poor decisions because I think the same way we criticise footballers. Of course, recently it's gone way beyond that. And if we're gonna generate some kind of positive feeling towards referees, that's a good noble thing. I don't know if clapping's gonna solve everything. I think they deserve a corridor of of applause, Pete. <laughs> I forgot about the corridor of applause. That's a, that's a callback. Yeah. I I very much enjoy. But yeah, I mean, look, if if they feel it, it works. But I I think I've made my feelings very clear on clapping and 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 talking this gestures and not even the CEO marks. of this guy, the charity that had this idea. Right, has even not even he as is convinced himself because his quote is: "We've talked to a lot of clubs and a lot of leagues, and nobody said no." Well, that's good. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's it's not the ringing endorsement you'd be after, is oh, it? Oh, come on, that's good. You, that's a, I mean, that's a lot of people to talk to. He's implying, and not a single one has said no. Normally, you get one or two no's, Luke. I think that's proof. What, what I mean, what, what could we do instead, though? I mean, because I'm mean, obviously we're, we're 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 happily kind of just you know, you know, panning this because it's. You know, it seems a little bit ridiculous on the surface, but I mean, clearly there is something that needs to be done. Um, I think a further understanding of referees' jobs, for example, education around what they do and how they do it and how hard they work, would be mm. a um, would be a nice place to start. I understand the problems that come along with hearing from them and 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 perhaps even miking them up like they do in some parts of the world, like Australia. I think they do it um, for VAR decisions. To be honest, the 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 negative side of that I think is far outweighed now. By the positive you get from it, because they're getting such bad treatment. I mean, when you get to the point where referees are getting having to remove themselves from refereeing games, it's hard mm. to see really where you go from there. So you might as well try something like that, just as a pilot scheme, um, and see and see what happens. Understanding is really key. Marcus and I did the referees' fitness test a, a number of years ago, yeah. uh, and it was astonishingly hard. Like it was so hard. And that's and why you're a referee how... now on the side, isn't it? Because you're no. so quick. I <laughs> can't be a referee because no one no one respects me. So so. But what I'm saying is, no one really understands. For example, it's just a small example. The amount of fitness they have to do, yeah. like how impressive it is, so you know, impressive. and and being command of their own decisions and to be authoritative mm. while still exerting really a, a great amount physically. All this kind of stuff will help to the understanding. I mm. think clapping just seems like lip service to me. Yeah. It's not going to do yeah. anything. But is this kind of like just? I mean, this we're not talking about elite level sport here. I no. mean, this is you know amateur football clapping. Sure. So I mean, there is a I think an issue, and I think most referees who who, who referee at, at that level, um, you know, I played a bit of amateur football for about fifteen years, and I would say the attitudes have changed over those over those years um, from when I started playing in London to to to, to when I when I when I sort of left London. Um, people just, just fucking scream at the referee. Wait, you're saying they didn't used to, but they do now. It's only anecdotal. It's 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 a test case of like one person. But from from my perspective, yeah, it has got and 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 the 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 referees that referee every match in uh, like a league and and obviously um, you know get get their beer money or or whiskey money in in our case with with a guy called John Hall. (laughs) Nothing. He yeah, like people don't give them aggro because they're they're familiar to them and obviously the 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 clubs play their pay their subs and stuff. But there are some uh, teams that I've seen. 
who've never met the referee uh, before just mm. absolutely pile into him. So, like, you know, physical, threats of physical violence, threatening to fucking key his car, torch his car uh, and stuff. It's, it's I've seen pathetic. that before as well. And I, th- I think one, I would completely agree with Pete there. What I would add to that, though, is that what is what happens at amateur level, in my experience, there's a disconnect, right? So all the players who play don't want to entertain the idea that they might be shit at football. <laughs> the referees are the referees of a standard because that's the standard they're refereeing at, right? They're not going to be, mm. be the best referees in the world, but there's no understanding of that because they think, because I'm playing here and I've got my boots that I bought that, that some other professional footballer wears and I've got this kit on, I want to be refereed at a standard which is entirely not uncommensurate with, with the, the ability of what I'm doing. So there's no there's no forgiveness, there's no understanding of poor decisions. It's, free, it's frequently no linesmen, I've found. It's frequently it, no yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> And, and, and also, by the way, I would add just very quickly, because I know yeah. you're probably going on too long, that that's a, that's a matter of funding as well. Grassroots funding yeah. is very, very poor, and it has been for some time. And I have no idea what it's like after this pandemic. I imagine it's in a very, very part of the state. And so that's definitely part of it. These ref- You don't attract good referees because it's not worth their while, this peaks alluded to. I mean, to be honest, at the end of the um, uh, pandemic, when life gets back to normal, everyone uh, is going to be drinking to excess. So we're going to be too tired on a Saturday morning <laughs> to, to give play. the referee aggro. We're going to be blowing chunks. That's because you're approaching 40. Don't forget when you're 21, you can do what you want. True, true. Yeah. Oh, 40 years old, Peter. Yeah, and I mean, look, last thing on this, I just basically feel like these referees at all levels, I'm pro-referee. They hold the bloody game together. If no one wants to referee, yeah. and in many cases, definitely I wouldn't, and I doubt you two guys would either, you know, if they didn't want to, if they wouldn't turn up and if they thought, fuck this, I'm sick of having people shout in my face for no good reason just because I'm turning up to do a job on a mildly average level and they mm. didn't do it, well, you know, who gets to play football? No one. Not a well said. one. Well said. Uh, all right, guys. What? Uh, there's more, plenty more football happening tonight, including Arsenal going up against Benfica. Tomorrow on the show, it's Marcus, Luke's back, and Andy as well. Guys, lovely to see you. Say bye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, PT. Ta-ta. Catch you next time. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. <laughs>